0: Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 110. Man, I wish, I just, I wish we had something to talk about today, but there really was nothing that happened in the past few days. No earth-shattering revelations. Just kidding. All the earth-shattering revolutions came, provided they came from the House of Mouse and no other company, because... Everyone else kind of was shook by the news that happened over the past few days at the Disney investor call, and no one else has brought up any information at all, including you, Sony. You're noticeably quiet with your Spider-Man news. Uh, But before we get into all this Disney stuff, because that's all we're going to be talking about today, Uh, no other movie news. We're just going to be breaking down the Disney investor call because there's so much to break down from that. Uh, Before we get into all that, Michael, how are you doing tonight? And you might want to bring yourself down a little bit if you can right now. (laughs) Right now we can just see your
1: neck just like kind of peeking out a little bit. Oh, oh excuse me. Let me adjust my, let me adjust this Oh, there,
0: there, there we go. There we Is go. Better? Yeah, okay. there we go. Excellent. All
1: right. Well, hey, you know, I, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Uh, Nathan's good to be back. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, yeah. It's a shame that we don't have content to talk about this week, but I'm sure we'll be able to fill our time uh, together. It. In, in all seriousness, no. what a fantastic uh, week of movie news. This this is a dream for somebody uh, like yourself, and I'm just glad to be along for the ride.
0: Yeah, so, um... In case you cared at all, I don't think you do, but, um... The rest of the movie news for this week, uh, Chris Pine is attached to the Dungeons & Dragons movie. I cannot say Dungeons. Dungeons & Dragons to save my life. But he's the first name attached to it, um... Other than that, Snyder Cut's going to be rated R. Not a whole lot of... There's an iCarly reboot. Other than that, everything's Disney-related. Um, But, uh, Michael, are you watching or are you reading anything good recently? Because I got some stuff, but we'll talk about that in a second.
1: Uh, Yeah, so I, I am in the midst of finishing... Uh, this binge I've had on all of the Jack Ryan movies, save uh, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, which I've I've already seen and that was a waste of time. Uh, I I just watched uh, Some of All Fears uh, for the first time, like as the at the theatrical release without commercials or edits, and I really enjoyed it. I know it's a 2002 film, you know, Ben Affleck, Morgan Freeman, and it really does capture the the fear and the absolute chaos around a nuclear detonation like today and like in, in modern times of what that would do. And I was locked in. I really enjoyed it and then I am halfway through 1994's uh, clear and present danger with Harrison Ford and that's also pretty intriguing at the moment. So uh, I've got I've got that to finish but uh, as a treat uh, for those who have listened a couple weeks now, uh, a couple weeks ago I watched for the first time, uh, the Hunt for Red October, which was obviously a, the the first the theatrical Jack Ryan uh, movie. I watched that with my father. And to return to this nostalgic you know, 80s, 90s movies that are iconic that I still haven't seen, I'm going to watch A Few Good Men on Friday. So I can't wait to talk about that and give you my brief review on that next week. Yeah, I thought...
0: I thought you were going to be watching A Few Good Men this week because I remember making the Mission Impossible slash A Few Good Men joke last week. Come on, man. You're slacking off. I'm,
1: I'm, I am slacking. I'm sorry. I haven't been able to coordinate with my father, but uh, it's uh, we we're going to get it done this Friday. So uh tease, a future tease for content for next week. Uh,
0: well, um, I'm doing two things. I'm going back, and given that it seems very, very, very likely that we're getting um, – a some form of a Spider Verse for the next Tom Holland when I'm going back and rereading my version of the big, huge Spider Verse act- actual story event. Um, because I'll be honest, the first time I read it, I didn't like it. Um, and I think it's maybe I read it too fast and I didn't really retain all the knowledge. So I'm like trying to make sure I'm going extra slow on this because there's a lot of ancillary knowledge that you kind of have to go. You can't just go blind into the story. You kind of have to know the side stories that are going into it, like. The first time I read it, I was super, super confused why, um, when the story first starts, our Spider-Man is Peter Parker, but it's actually Doc Ock in the body of Peter Parker, and so that confused me for a bit. Like, Spider-Verse is not a story that you can just jump into, um, and I'm still trying to, like, decode. I'm just like, wait, but there is a Peter Parker in this universe living at the same time. So, like, am I just that out of the loop with current Spider-Verse? Um... But I remember still enjoying it, just being confused by it. Um, But now that I'm going slower, I'm just like, okay, this is not the main. I just have to keep reminding myself, okay, this version, not the real Spider-Man. This version, not the real Spider-Man, because there's so many side Spider-Mans. But in addition to that, which is a great story, uh, Heather and I are rewatching Cobra Kai uh, Hmm. right before Season 3 comes out. Because she and I watched the Season 3 trailer, and oh my gosh. That trailer got me so hyped. Like, it's one of the best trailers I've seen in a very long time. However, I would recommend those that um, are interested in Cobra Kai, do not watch the trailer for this one, for Season 3, before watching Cobra Kai, because it basically opens with the massive cliffhanger in Season 2, which is, like, Sherlock's Season 2-level cliffhanger of I Need Answers Right Now. Um, But Cobra Kai... No, like... Wow. Like, Season two's Cobra Kai cliffhanger was just like, holy crap there is no possible way the show can go back to the way things were after this. Mm. And like, this changes everything. And you're just kind of like, Oh, they just went there. Um, but I keep singing Cobra Kai's praises and I will continue to do so. Cause it's phenomenal. And they're, uh, they show from the trailer for season three that they're just going to keep, um, going to the well of really deep karate kid lore, like characters from the second one are showing up rumors of people from Karate Kid 3 showing up Um, but it's always done incredibly well so um, a rewatch is always a great thing especially for Cobra Kai I love that series so much for those that haven't checked it out it's on Netflix Cobra Kai is so good guys it's so good
1: Yeah, I I still have not checked that out and it gives me something to do possibly with the family over the holidays I know they've actually expressed interest in it so yeah thanks for reminding me uh, that it's there And, and it's funny uh, we were actually, we talked, um, you know, off air about um, some of the things that we watched in, in college, and, I, and you just mentioned Sherlock there. I actually owe you uh you know, all of all of my gratitude for introducing me to Sherlock because I never would have watched that show unless you didn't push us. I still remember us, uh, you know, uh, just what what day did that come on? Like a Thursday night or something? Sunday. We were just like, all right, hey, make time. Okay, good. I'm gonna be back from class. I'm gonna get this assignment done. We're gonna watch it. Sun- uh, it was Sunday evenings. It was Sunday, Sunday evenings. evenings. Sunday evenings. For the yeah, three was, Sundays uh, that it was available. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, it was fun. It helped us get through college. So uh, that's awesome. Nice, nice call back there. So I'm also still a
0: little mad at Sherlock. So the first season of Sherlock is available in 4K Ultra on hard copy, but none of the other seasons are. And that first season is so good; it's such a good cleanup. And I'm still mad that they didn't—they haven't remastered the other seasons. All I'm really asking is they just remaster season two, and then I'll just forget the other seasons happened. Because, oh yeah, season three and season yeah. four kind of—you well, you, you are they going too back early. To the
1: well, on that, or are they, are they actually done?
0: I think season four is more or less their finishing line but also martin freeman and benedict cumberbatch just get busier by the day so finding time for them to come back but also well season four i think is the weakest season it ended in a way that i'm like okay i'm kind of okay if this is how things end um but let's just say i think there's gonna be a new show that michael will be (laughs) much more interested in going forward um we don't have a full section for the hulu announcements that were made but Michael and myself want to make sure that we covered a specific show that will be airing on Hulu. I'm not going to say I'm surprised for this, but um, Michael's probably rejoicing in the streets
1: over there. Oh, I am. What's the show, Michael? Uh, it's an Alien series. Oh, my goodness. I will just say that there were, there were moments uh, last week that I'm like, okay, I expected this. I expected this. Did not expect that. I have been following the alien developments um, since I was in high school following, you know, once once I knew that uh, Ridley Scott was coming back in into uh, Direct and I was thinking, okay, maybe this is a way of remedying the awfulness that was Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. Uh, but uh, obviously we knew what, what happened in Prometheus, but I remember looking and following the development. I remember watching a video an interview of Ridley Scott when he gave uh, one of some hints that an actual alien was going to appear in Prometheus and that was I was in my like junior year like high school english class not listening to the teacher because I was watching this video so this is going back to like 2010 2011 and then same thing with following the development of alien covenant in college Uh, And figuring out like what what are they going to do with this series going forward? And sure enough, one of the names uh, that came came up during that entire college run that I looked at this was Noah Hawley. They were trying to get Sigourney Weaver to come back. They're trying to get these these alternative um, stories told, kind of wrestle it away from Ridley Scott and his. Basically, hell bent mission on talking about you know androids and how they related to the development of the aliens. It was just really, really dumb. Well, the uh, Neil Blomkamp got thrown in for a little bit too. Oh, I and remember were the gonna Blomkamp. They going to try to tell a new story with Sigourney Weaver. I remember the yeah. Blomkamp. Yeah, yeah. Like there was a lot of stuff in there. Well. It, it was it was very strange, and so it was all gone bark because Alien Covenant was a box office flop. It's not going to make money, and it doesn't matter how popular Ridley Scott is. You know, 20th Century Fox at that time was not just going to hand him over $200 million to lose it over and over again. So um, this news and having it be in a TV show, um, I would I would say is actually brilliant because last year uh, – it was celebrating the was it, the 40th anniversary and there was some youtube uh, clips of these little shorts that were released on youtube celebrating the 40th year and even though they're not like phenomenal they do demonstrate a way that without a massive budget you can make pretty creepy and like nerve-jarring type of content and when this show with this type of guy involved, being Noah Hawley and his dedication, Nathan, forget what we just talked about, Sherlock. You're 100% right. I am 100% on board. It was the biggest surprise of the evening. I, I couldn't be happier. Uh,
0: looking back on it, uh, Blomcam not doing an alien thing is probably the best thing to happen to the franchise because um, it was all downhill after yeah. District 9 for Blomcam, unfortunately. I. Yeah, that's true. I'm cautiously optimistic? I'm like 50/50. I could teeter either way and here's why. Uh, Michael obviously cares more about Alien than I do. And that's fine. I think Noah Hawley's a good addition to this. He's been attached to this for a little bit. I feel like early in the year before it was even a series, there's talk about him doing He's been yes. he's wanted to do this idea for a while. The big problem is Ridley Scott is not going anywhere. He is still executive mm-hmm. producer on this show. And you has been, and I completely agree, you've been very vocal on this show and just offline about Ridley Scott as the creator and also the destroyer of the Alien franchise. <laughs> yes. It's like George Lucas of he started something good and then just crapped on his work later on when he got all existential with his life. Just like George Lucas. Yes. Um, Like, <laughs> I like Alien and Aliens. I even like Alien vs. Predator, even though Michael is not so hot on it. I hate Prometheus and I hate Alien Covenant. I think they're such disappointing movies and I remember debating with you in college going, "Man, Prometheus sucked." And you're just like, "Oh, the next movie will answer it." I'm still waiting on my answers. I think yeah, Ridley well, Scott, yeah. I think Ridley Scott is more preoccupied with asking the questions than he is with ever answering them. Like he doesn't want answers. And that's fine, but it didn't it doesn't really work so well for the Alien series at least for me. Um so I want to be excited about Noah Hawley, but also uh this is also the same dude that in previous interviews when he initially pitched this show was just like I would set it on earth, so this probably being taking place on earth, he's just like it would be an alien series without the xenomorphs. To which I'm just going timeout, timeout, timeout. That's not an alien series then if you no, don't have xenomorphs. So I'm I am worried though that this will be alien in title to get the casuals in And it'll be the world It might have the Gotham effect of it'll have a xenomorph in the final episode. That's my biggest concern right now. But this was before Disney really backed it fully and was just like, no, this is going to be one of our flagship shows on Hulu. So I think maybe that changes it. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe Noah Hawley still has a very specific idea that he wants to tell that might not include xenomorphs. But like, you gotta have it, right? If you're banking on it this much but also i want to get excited but so long as ridley scott is still attached to it i'm gonna be cautious about this at least with like halloween with john carpenter he stayed away for a lot of years um for some of the bad sequels i still love the halloween sequels but when he came back for halloween 2018 that was a sign of encouragement because he didn't continue to tarnish the name of the franchise ridley scott he is both, at the same time, one of the best directors working today and one of the worst directors working today. Yeah. I owe Michael an apology because in college, he wanted to see The Martian. And I thought that looked stupid because th- something about me is I don't like movies that survival movies for the sake of survival, like Day After Tomorrow or Castaway. Like, the whole point of the movie is to survive. Martian is awesome. The movie mm-hmm. he did right before that, The Counselor, not awesome. And also... We talked about it a few months ago, Ridley Scott. I still have not forgiven you for Robin Hood. God, like that's the thing yeah. is he's so long as he's attached to this, I genuinely do not know what to expect, and that makes me really nervous.
1: Yeah, that's that's that is a very very fair point. Now, I guess my question is, what what do you think? About it being on Earth, that that I that if there's anything that gives me pause, it's the setting. It's not necessarily the fact, uh, the lack of of like an of actual xenomorphs or whatever. It's actually it's, I actually have a lot of confidence because Disney's the one that greenlit this, and I, I do trust them in this arena. I do um, because they've they know how to read a box office and reviews just as well as we do. I don't think they would greenlit something that they don't think that would actually make the money. And what they've seen is like we want this. We want what made aliens and aliens special. And that was a strong main character and a xenomorph. That's and I think Disney would approve of that. I'm just curious more about the because like I, can you do you think they can tell a claustrophobic story on Earth versus they got kind of a spaceship where there truly is nowhere to go? Uh yeah
0: because basically and again i already brought it up but just have halloween but instead of michael myers it's a xenomorph that maybe some people Uh uh-oh i'm formulating a light bulb that's never a good idea the show starts off with a regular town thinking it's a wild animal attack and then things just start to escalate further and further and people are just like yeah, this is not an animal. Like do it like how Stranger Things introduced the Demogorgon at first. If we don't see it and it just attacks oh, I'm people.
1: Exa- I'm 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 100% on board like any of those type of shows where it's like a backwoods small country town, not a lot of resources. It's it's late, you know, it's it's a very cold, it's like in the fall, it's it's, it's winter time, so it's you know, it's not a lot of it. it's like I don't know. What what am I going for here? Um, it's just a very dark and more depressed mood. Um, and, yeah, that, that is... I can already picture that in a way. It's kind of unnerving. Now, I guess one thing I have to ask you about Ridley Scott real quick. Isn't he attached to that new HBO show, that sci-fi show, that's gotten interesting reviews so far? I don't know which one I'm thinking about at the moment.
0: Oh. Unless it hasn't
1: come out yet.
0: Um. Oh, I, know, I think I know which one you're talking about. I mean, Ridley Scott can be with whoever he wants to be it's his choice making it sound like i'm in a relationship with ridley scott here um i don't think (laughs) as we'll talk about somebody later when we talk about star wars stuff i don't think directors have exclusive contracts like let's say a certain wonder woman director is allowed to work for both warner brothers and disney james gunn's allowed to do it i'm sure ridley scott can do it i'm sure ridley scott can ruin whatever franchise he wants to ruin
1: it, it raised by wolves. That's on HBO that, Max. That's what it is. it's no. something
0: my wolf, wolf related? Yeah, I didn't realize. Did you? Have you checked that out at all? I have not. I haven't watched any of my original HBO Max content since Watchmen.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay, awesome. All yeah, right. Well, hey, that's it, great stuff. Thank you for giving a little bit of time to this. It means a lot. I appreciate it.
0: Now, for our early to late twenties, all that demographic, I'm sure all this is just great news to you. As we're going to talk all about. All the Disney stuff. So we'll go Disney, Lucasfilm, because there's both Star Wars and Lucasfilm. And then we'll round out with the Marvel stuff. So kind of in the order that they presented at this meeting. Um, They dumped a bunch of stuff. Just um, regular Disney, um, Disney Pixar. So we'll all kind of lump it together. I want to start with the one that I'm sure Michael and I disagree with the most. (laughs) Lightyear. So... Before Michael poo-poos anything, let me explain what this is. We are getting a Buzz Lightyear movie, but not how you would expect. We are getting a movie about the character of Buzz Lightyear, not the toy voiced by Tim Allen. It is about the man that inspired the toy line. And here's where Michael checked out, tapped out immediately. It's voiced by Chris Evans here's where I'm okay with this I am okay with anything in the Toy Story universe. Toy Story holds an incredibly special place in my heart. It was my first movie in theaters. it was the very first video I ever did on the Uncharted media back then movie Guy 17 channel um, was is Toy Story 4 a good idea jury's still out on that even though I like it um so I'm I'm game for anything Toy Story. I appreciate the idea that they're being creative with this. Of the reason why it's not Tim Allen. One, he sounds old. Even in Toy Story 4, he sounded a little old. Um, But two, it's not Tim Allen because the character is not Tim Allen. It's who inspired the character of Buzz Lightyear. Who was the original Buzz Lightyear? And now some people are just like, well, we had that in Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Which... Where is that on Disney Plus? That was my, one of my favorite shows ever. I could still remember the opening. Y'all ready? Calling Buzz Lightyear the galaxy's greatest hero. Skilled, courageous, and ever vigilant. Leaping into action, Buzz Lightyear hurdles to the rescue. His ongoing mission to protect the universe from the dark forces of evil. These are the adventures of Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Yeah, you, you get the picture. I'm a big Buzz Lightyear fan. I'm a big Toy Story fan. I am down for this 100% because for the most part, minus the Cars franchise, I trust Pixar's storytelling and minus the Good Dinosaur. Um, I trust Pixar's storytelling. I like Chris Evans. I, I think this is a creative way to continue the Toy Story universe without tarnishing the name of Toy Story. And Michael, poo-poo the idea. Here,
1: go for it. Listen, I actually liked the original, uh, show. That was on. Was it on Disney? Um, whatever Disney, it? uh,
0: whatever Disney XD used to be called.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tune yeah, Disney. that was an
0: amazing show. And
1: yeah, yes, thank you, T Disney. That's uh, right. Um, the. Listen, I'm gonna watch the movie, and I'm actually really excited for it. I, I think you know, what I'm picturing, I think is gonna be phenomenal. Uh, I just. Listen, I just buzzlight you. It's it's like if you recast Indiana Jones. It's not saying it couldn't be a great idea. It's not saying you couldn't put a very qualified actor. It's not saying it couldn't even be better. Okay, I've, I've it's been just calling, hard.
0: I've been calling yeah. for the recasting of Indiana Jones for a very long time.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. It's just you have. That's I, I, I'm saying. I'm not that's saying. That's something we will
0: address. That's something we will yes. address later in our Lucasfilm section because there is yes. some Indiana Jones news that they talked about. But we'll we'll circle back to that. We'll we'll burn that bridge when we cross it.
1: All right, it's right. Sounds good. Uh, listen, I, I, I'm not saying Chris Evans is a, is a talented actor or can do well. Like I really like him as Captain America. I just don't like him for this role. Uh, but I'm not saying that it's going to be bad. I'm not. I'm not saying that it can't be great because I'm going to see it. I just it's hard because I love Tim Allen so much as that part. And if you pitch it to me that maybe that's not the Buzz Lightyear we have. And this is like his, you know, like the, the character that Buzz Lightyear is based on. That makes complete sense to me. That I'm on board. I just hope it's not something where, because I mean, listen, I mean, the fact that that you can basically digitally recreate faces, you can do stuff to voices and alter voices. Absolutely, you can well, do that. That technology exists. I just don't know if, if this was like Tim Allen was didn't want to come back for it, or if he was just never approached, and I just would have loved to see Tim Allen voice it as all. Well.
0: Well, he is starting to sound a little old, and maybe he wanted to just hang up the helmet. Um, but yeah. to be fair, I think they got Chris Evans one because he's already in the Disney family, being Captain America. But two, believe it or not, the man already has plenty of voice acting experience. I don't know if you ever saw the 2007 TMNT movie, but he voiced uh, Casey Jones in that movie, and he was actually oh, I did not wow was, I, didn't, I did not not realize that he was actually really good if you don't know it's him i don't know if you can pick it out unless you're a chris evans super fan so i have faith in his uh voice acting ability and also just over the past few years he's shown to be a very versatile actor of love him as captain america but i loved him as america's jerk and knives out even more so i i feel like he can bring it for this um but that's just the tip of the disney iceberg i'm gonna break out some other stuff we'll we'll fly s- through some of these um we're getting new series to disney plus on moana tiana from princess and the frog zootopia called zootopia plus and most importantly and most confusingly confusingly a baymax series i say that's confusing because for those that don't know that haven't heard me on the podcast long enough because i preach the show's praise any chance i get there already kind of is a baymax show it's called Big Hero 6, the series. Because when they talked about this show during the investor call, they're just like, what happened to Baymax after Big Hero 6? And I'm just sitting back going, "Um, guys, there's two seasons of Big Hero 6. It just got renewed for season three. I know what happens to Baymax after Big Hero 6. He's got fun right. adventures with Hero. Um, also, guys, if you're not watching Big Hero 6, the series on Disney+, Plus, it's fantastic. The same people that did Kim Possible basically continue on the story of Big Hero 6 with Hmm. some of the same voice characters, but the personalities, you just get even more of it, the friendship. I still think Big Hero 6 is incredibly underrated. I love it so much. Of a movie that encourages kids to go to school as opposed to Monsters University. Um, (laughs) A movie that encourages kids to go to school. There is no romantic interest whatsoever and there doesn't end up being one at the end. Teaches kids about friends incredibly racially diverse cast and actually encourages learning and thinking with your brain um and teaches you how to properly emotionally handle trauma like Big Hero 6 I could just sing the movie's praises all day and I love the series so much um but yeah are they saying this Baymax series is going to be like the animation style of the movie or are they going to just be mini episodes like Forky asks a question uh is that what it is Either way, I'm still a little mad that Disney didn't fully capitalize on Baymax as much as they could. Like, I know there's a lot of merchandising, but hear me out, guys. Baymax could have been Grogu before Grogu was a thing. Baymax is awesome, and he's so, like, marketable, and I don't know why they didn't push that more.
1: Yeah, Big Hero 6, I came very late to the party. I just watched that uh, this year actually after your prompting uh, and uh, because I I went back and watched a lot of films and in fact um, when we will discuss this at at some point uh, for the show uh, is wrapping up our 2020 a lot of the films I'm gonna put on my list didn't even come out this year or at least in the last five years because uh, you have helped me watch old stuff that I just I missed and I will say this Caught me totally by surprise. It, 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 I think I can't remember the original release date on this, but it just was something uh, I just. just twenty eleven or twenty twelve, I think. Yeah, I was in high school. I remember that. I just I just didn't I just didn't get out to see it. So, um, thank you. By the way, I, I thought for all the reasons that you did, and more. It was just a fun movie. It's always nice to be able to watch something with my parents, and you know all of us laugh and get something out of it. Uh, the Baymax series, you know, I, I'm not I'm not into a whole lot of animated shows anymore. Um, and, and so I, I haven't watched the Big Hero 6 series, and Baymax, like, I'm glad they exist. I, I will just say objectively, I'm really glad. And uh, they have their audiences, and the fact that, you know, they, they may or may not have missed that, you know, that that hype for a character like you just mentioned. And maybe this is them going back and saying, hey, we actually have really good source content and, and to sell more toys right here. Uh, so I, I'm the what I got though from the teaser was that this is going to be more of a shorts. I, I don't think I see this as like 21, 22 minute episodes because it feels like that would kind of you know ruin its welcome very quickly. Or you just know,
0: completely it, negate the original series.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I would I would think these are probably shorts, uh, which I think would be good. I think that'd be great for kids. Mm-hmm. Shorter time span, something to look forward to with parents. Um, this little little robot going around providing care for people. I think it's a good message. You know, a cap captivate an audience for a few minutes at a time. Tell a good story, just like the Pixar shorts. So I, I like it. I'm all on board.
0: Also, a uh, quick shout out. I believe it was in front of Big Hero Six. Is either in front of Big Hero Six or Wreck It Ralph with the animated short Paperman, which I still think is Disney's best animated yes. short they've ever done. Oh my goodness, Paperman. Just everyone's just like, oh, I cried at the beginning of Up. No, no, no. Paperman. There's at least dialogue and up. Like, Paperman is. That one's special. That one's so good. Um, Disney Plus is also putting the pedal to the metal when it comes to original movies, as they've been sorely lacking in. No offense, actually, all the offense. So far, a lot of Disney original movies have not been very good. You came out stumbling, yeah. head over heels, right out of the gate with Noelle, with Anna Kendrick. Oh, lordy. But at least yeah. some of these sound like promising prospects. Uh, we're getting disenchanted. The sequel to the, um, I think it was 2010 movie with Amy Adams and my doppelganger, James Marsden. I'm okay with this. People have been asking for this sequel for a very long time. I'm, I'm very much okay with this. I, it's not my favorite Disney movie, but I'm like, yeah, let's get a sequel to this. That's fine. Um, we found out that Robert Zemeckis' Pinocchio... Uh, Peter Pan and Wendy, which will have Captain Hook, um, starring, uh, being played by Jude Law, and... I know some of you are going to be excited for this. Hocus Pocus 2, all of them will be coming to Disney Plus. Uh, I can't say I'm excited for any of these, because Robert Zemeckis, to me, has not had a good movie in a very long time. He's cared more about technological advances than actual good storytelling lately. Like... Guys, go back and watch Polar Express. It does not hold up as well as you think it does, and it's kind of creepy. The animation really does not hold up. Uh, I like Peter Pan. It wasn't one of my favorites as a kid. I'm curious about Jude Law as Hook. I actually think he really killed it as Dumbledore in Crimes of Grindelwald, as bad as that movie was. But Hocus Pocus 2. I know there's going to be a lot of people that are excited about that. I'm not one of them. I the hill that I will always die on is Hocus Pocus is the single most overrated Disney movie of all time. And I do not understand how people like it, but if you do, that's awesome. You're getting another one. Enjoy your cheesy, stupid movie.
1: Well, here's the question. It's uh, so the first enchanted movie that came out in 2007. Oh, uh, thir- yeah, what? So, yeah. Like, so by the time this movie releases, you know, we're going to get to like a ludicrous 15 years later. Uh, I feel like they've met, missed a mark on that somehow uh, that is such a niche movie, but I actually remember seeing that in theaters, and I remember my mom loved this movie so much. She went to the theaters twice to see it. That never Happens, Nathan. That never happens. So my mom is, is going to be very, very pleased that when this comes out. And so, yeah, it was it was actually a great movie that that surprised me and entertained a lot of my family members. And it, again, we had we share this bond. We we are old, like only child. So we don't have brothers and sisters to go to the movies with or growing up. I mean, if I wasn't hanging out with my cousins, I was hanging out with my parents. And so most of the time, hanging out with my parents, if they're having a good time. I'm having a great time and to, especially to go to a movie, which was at that you know stage of my life, which was really special. It's not as ubiquitous as it is today or well, uh, not before 2020 happened rather. Um, to see my parents laugh at a movie that I also laughed at meant a lot. And that is one that always has stood out. So I'm actually really, I'm really pleased to see uh, a sequel to it. I'm just kind of curious as to why now, but Hey, um, Everything else, I completely agree with. All the other films, I... Sure. Okay, I'm glad you got content. Disney Plus, sure, go ahead. Uh, Take those people's money as well as my own. I guess I'm donating to the cause regardless. Uh, But, yeah, I'm not not a Hocus Pocus fan, and honestly, I don't even remember what else you just said. (laughs)
0: Uh, Peter Pan and Pinocchio. I will say, though, um, they showed some concept art for Pinocchio. If Pinocchio looks as good as it showed in the concept art... It's going to be impressive because the concept art looked exactly like the original Pinocchio. And they're hoping – they've said that they're going to pour a lot of time and money into the um, visual effects for Pinocchio and everything else. Going, okay, but still, the story of Pinocchio has just never really interested me that much. Hey, don't be bad or else you'll turn into a donkey and get eaten by a whale. Like, okay, sure. Um, Yeah, it just doesn't really – interest me that much um we got some other stuff that is interesting sister act three is coming whatever um yep I've, we'll get the negative out of the way and then we'll close out with to me the two big positives out of this negative here but also very interesting raya and the last dragon is coming to theaters disney's going good good theaters we've got your back it's coming to theaters. And premium video on demand on the same day, so you can watch *Raya and the Last Dragon*, which actually kind of looks cool. Looks like discount *Kung Fu yeah. Panda* to me. It looks, yes. it looks like if Disney goes, oh *Kung Fu Panda* did well. It's been a few years. We'll make our own version of that with that character that you hated from *Last Jedi*. Um, I, I. Want this to be good. Uh, so I want this to be good for Kelly Marie Chan to get her redemption. Because I think she's a lovely girl who got abused by the Star Wars fan base. And I think she's just... And the writers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the movie looks cool. But you must be out of your mind if you want to pay 30 bucks for this when you can just see it in theaters. I think this is Disney going... We're pretty insistent on trying this video on demand thing. We're going to try it a couple more times. And if you guys really reject it like you did with mulan then we'll then we'll stop like i yeah. i think we want the mulan thing to be a one and done because the mulan thing backfired on them big time of pay 30 bucks you can see it the same day in theaters as you can in theaters where hbo max is going hey guys we're destroying the box office experience but uh you can watch your movies at home as you can, <laughs> as you can watch mortal Kombat in april at home because i probably will be because i didn't want to see in theaters but um I think Mulan is probably the wrong one to do for multiple reasons. All the the behind-the-scenes controversy. um, But two, it didn't get great reviews. So it'd be interesting to see if this movie does get good reviews, what the reception will be. I still think we've got one or two more of these premium video on demands that if they fail, then Disney will drop it. Like, I want to believe this will be the last time they try this BS of pay 30 extra bucks for a movie that will just be on Disney Plus in six months anyway. But... I think they they really want this premium video on demand thing to catch on, and I don't think it will. Um, so I yeah. I say this is a stupid idea, and but they'll probably try it one or two more times. I'm surprised they didn't try it with Black Widow, but um, we'll talk about that later.
1: Yeah, th- this uh, I'm I'm actually excited for this. This will this will be this sounds like a good time. And and assuming let's assume for a second that everything is, you know, we're approaching you know the safety and health of, of everyone, and that aside. That the theaters are back open, like I'm gonna go see this. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll be, you know, like a lot of people in our, in our little niche market here. I'm desperate to get back to a movie theater. You've got and cabin so,
0: fever. I've got it too. Yeah.
1: Which yes, yeah, so
0: instant shout out for anybody in the comments that knows what that movie's from.
1: Uh, I uh, that I do not. I I am not one of those people. So kudos to those who I've got actually cabin get it. fever. I've got uh, it too. Um, uh, so, the one thing I, I can see, you know, and th- this is a continuation maybe from last week's episode just a little bit, that if this premium bod falls flat on its face, and on, as a consumer, I really hope it does, uh, that what I what I can see with what uh, with what Disney did in the shareholders meeting, you know, before they started getting really far into a lot of the actual development of these new shows and and, and programming. Is this emphasis on the stagecraft technology and the new studios that they're building, and you know how that's gonna lower a lot of costs when it comes to certain elements? Because they, they can't fully replace CGI, but it also gives a, a lot of a lot of reaction, and it actually does do a pretty good job in in certain circumstances for replacing and being a stand-in for CGI. That smaller films that don't need a massive budget but also would just get buried at the box office, simply don't need to uh, actually go to the theater. And for the sake of efficiency, here's the thing, is that as a consumer, I have to be honest, I probably, and it's Haiti, I think 2018 was the was the year I went to the most amount of films. That was like the biggest film year as far as films I wanted to see. And I think I, I made it out in theaters to like 30, maybe, close Holy to 30. Crap. Yeah, which is yeah, that was a big that was a big deal for me. So, but obviously there were more than thirty films released that year.
0: Did you have like Movie and, Pass or something then?
1: Yeah, I did. I actually had Movie Pass for a, for a brief two time, <laughs> so I, I tried to, try to earn my money back. Um, well, <laughs> just just Movie Pass. I'm just
0: laughing at it for
1: a while. Oh, it's, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> um, but I, the, here's the thing though: is that I would be totally fine with less movies coming to theaters if those movies that are going to theaters, one, aren't very good, but two, they don't need a big theatrical release because either they're not spectacle films or they're they're films that are just going to get buried anyway. And it it costs a little bit, obviously, for a lot of these studios to put their films in theaters. And And one thing is you could do this, but... You you have a basically a hybrid way of doing it, and with cost savings on the back end all the way to the front end, you know, improving in efficiency, this doesn't get rid of the the biggest films. I don't think movie theaters are dead by any means. I've never bought into it. So in Black Widow, it assuming we got to assume a few things, safety and health aside, if Black Widow. Is able to have a wide release. That movie is going to make over a billion dollars. Uh, I, I think it's going to, and it's because. But I don't. I think I people don't will still
0: think be, cur- I think people still be apprehensive to go back to a the theater for most of twenty twenty one.
1: That's what I think. Health and safety aside, I think the fact that people wanting and to get back to theaters is so high. Quality of that, movie aside. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. But it's one. It's Marvel, and then two. It's like going to be one of the biggest films released earlier in the year. And you don't know, think like so?
0: I don't think so. I think this movie will end up somewhere if I had to take a guess, somewhere in around the six hundred million dollars. I don't think All it'll right. get close to a billion. I think one, the time has passed on Black Widow. I like the character, but this is a movie that should have come out five to seven years ago. Like Yeah. Um this should have been the first female superhero movie in the MCU, not Captain Marvel. This should have come out a long time ago. I think it very much hurts the movie that this is set in the past. I think backtracking when Marvel's going full steam ahead, as we'll talk about later, about projects that happen after Endgame and beyond. Like, this feels like we've kind of got to get Black Widow over and done with. And I wonder if there is an Endgame fatigue. Like, yes, far from home made over a billion dollars, but any movie that follows an Avengers movie makes over a billion dollars. Not a lot of other Marvel movies get that way. And I don't know if the interest is in Black Widow. I think it'll do well, but it isn't, like, top-tier anticipation. I think people are anticipating it because it's the only Marvel movie that they know for a fact is on the horizon and has been on the horizon for a while. Um, like, I'm looking forward to it, not because it's Black Widow, just because it's a Marvel movie, and I've been trained
1: to expect quality out of them, except for Captain Marvel. Um that that's the thing. If Captain Marvel made it, I know, I know it's it, but that was that was preceding, that was coming up to it. I get it. But if Captain Marvel can, I I think Black Widow is gonna be a better movie quality wise than Captain Marvel, and it's a and it's a more known character, and people miss this character considering what happened to her. I think there's so many things you have to consider. I think I think it's gonna be a massive financial success. No, nope. obviously the billions, like the big. I think it'll big, be a massive, hit. I think it'll be a
0: hit, but don't expect it to be a massive hit. Don't expect massive hits anymore.
1: I I think we still got into them. But I think if you take out competition for a lot of other films, like that's, if you're getting... That's the other thing. You,
0: you can't take out competition for 2021. Basically, as I've no, said, there's can. two years worth of movies in one year. So yeah. that means less time at the top of the mountain. How was Endgame able to become the number one box office movie of all time? It had legs. Black Widow could, even if Black Widow had the best opening weekend of all time and had like $300 million, it's quickly going to have some other big blockbuster movie nipping at its heels, Not maybe not the next weekend, but the weekend after that. And then, say, another big box office movie after that and the weekend after that. It will start to eat up Black Widow. I don't think you're anticipating how many other movies have been pushed off and isn't fast and furious coming out right around the same time while there might
1: not be our movies.
0: Those make a billion
1: dollars. Well, I don't, I think people are going to be, I I think people want to get back to theaters and they will go. I think, I think it, I think 20, if 2020 has been an exercise in futility, 2021 is going, is going to also buck the trend in the opposite direction where I don't think you'll be able to make any solid like projections financially and fiscally. Based on 2021's market patterns, because of what 2021 could potentially be, but it would only be that way in response to what 2020 was. So I think, as far as consumers go, you're going to see a lot of irregular patterns, and that's why I think, I guess, looping this all the way back around to Ryan the Last Dragon, that is going to be a massive case study uh, for for theaters and, like you said, pre, like premium VOD and everything else. I I, I you know Mulan. That's that was a very interesting case, uh, but I think this is better because now we're basically you're removed from all of that, or uh, gonna be close to like nine months removed. So th- that's why you know I'm really looking forward to this, and I'm gonna try to get to a theater if I can and, and try to support the box office because if it's good, I want to support like me and you. We want to be at theaters anyways.
0: <laughs> mm. So we've got two final things in the Marvel slash Pixar category that I'm. These are the things I'm most excited about. Of like these last two things, I actually like put on par with some other announcements that we got, and that's that's saying something. All we right. are getting a follow up series, our own version. Disney Plus is a version of Cobra Kai, if you will, to the original Mighty Ducks with Emilio Estevez coming back. That's awesome to me. That's a great idea. Um, people have been clamoring for something Mighty Ducks for a very long time. It's a very beloved franchise. To me, it's like the sandlot of hockey movies. Um, and it just works. Um, please don't reboot the animated series. I don't know what the heck that was. It was an attempt to sell McDonald's toys, I'm going to guess. It was just weird. Um, but I think this is a great idea. Especially piggybacking off the success of Cobra Kai and showing that the whole going back to the well with fans of the original material and doing it well... Um, like I never watch it, but Heather watched a lot of Fuller House. She said that was great. I think it's kind of that same thing of if you do it well, people will enjoy it. So you've got Emilio Estevez coming back. Oh, I forget the actress's name, but the mom from Gilmore Girls is also set to be in the series. I think this is a great idea. However, and this may surprise some people, that's not the thing I'm most excited for. The thing I'm most excited for is we are getting a live-action CGI hybrid on Disney+. Plus. Of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And I am. So on board with this. Because one. While they weren't my favorite. I like Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. So I would watch it on Dune Disney. I'm excited by who's involved with this. This is being made by the Lonely Island guys. Of Akiva Goldsman. And Andy Sandberg. And Chippendale and are going to be voiced. By Andy Sandberg. And John Mullaney. I could not have asked for a better combo for chippendale i love andy sandberg but more importantly i love john mulaney he was fantastic in into the spider versus spider ham but also if you haven't already he's got some fantastic stuff on netflix his stand-up specials are just outstanding i love me some john mulaney i think this is a great pairing it it's also not one of those franchises that people think is so beloved of how dare you touch that thing it's like DuckTales they rebooted DuckTales a few years ago and did just as well as the original people really like the new DuckTales and now it's canceled um but if you have people that grew up with the originals that are now old enough to make that stuff for themselves they pour that love and appreciation back into it so I think you've got people that watch the original Dale's Rescue Rangers wanting to go, I have my own ideas that I had as a kid that I want to make as my own movie, and now they're old enough to make it happen. I think this is a really, really cool and clever idea. This is Disney going to the well of, they're not just going, let's just make a live-action reboot of this, that, or the other thing of Disney Renaissance. Let's actually dip into our catalog a little bit and Mm -hmm. think about some fresh ideas. So, um, Bob Chapek, where's my Treasure Planet movie? If you're diving deep into your lower there oh,
1: man you just i was honestly i was praying for that announcement for you while we were watching the stream i went all oh. i said oh lord jesus please give nathan what he wants please because my phone's gonna blow up as soon as they say it so i'm sorry there's still hope okay there's still hope for you
0: we can't have nice things there's more hope for man of steel 2 than there is treasure planet which yeah. th- we'll talk
1: about that in the coming months yeah, th- these, this new so I love the Mighty Ducks. I did not like Mighty Ducks 3. I liked the first two. They were quoted with my cousins. My cousins and I loved playing street hockey. Like, we loved it. Uh, growing up here in Michigan, uh, oh, we grew up right okay. in those.
0: Yep, I was yeah. about to say, you were street hockey, but then Michigan. Yep, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so pretty much like how Indiana people, all the Hoosier people, play basketball. Like, mm-hmm. anyone's good at basketball if you play Indiana. Somebody in Michigan has... Some sort of uh, uh, skills with a stick and a puck It's just, it's just kind of like who we are. But uh, when those movies came out, they were right at the time when the Detroit Red Wings were just on fire. Uh, they, they had some iconic players... Uh, multiple Stanley Cups, so it, it fed into that whole that that culture, and so those movies to me meant a lot more than just that they were just cheesy Disney movies. I also appreciated the fact that they had a lot of like kind of edgy humor in them, and on paper I am all for this. I just did not like the the little sizzle reel we got for it. It it seemed too Disney and not enough little like because like the first Di- like Mighty Ducks. Like there's some stuff in there that I would not like want a kid to to watch, and that's what added to like kind of like the overall kind of somber tone, which I appreciated. It it seemed more realistic, and this one just seemed kind of like more fanciful, which I just I didn't really care for some of the dialogue they chose to highlight, and it just was like, yeah, this doesn't seem like me. I love it in theory, yeah, for maybe a new generation of younger kids, but. It didn't hook me, and what the Chippendales think, Nathan, I'm sorry. I don't have anything against it or anything for it. I know nothing about that.
0: That's fair. About
1: that source material. So, um, Okay.
0: No. So you talked talking about your appreciation for Mighty Ducks and got me thinking. If we're getting a reinvention of Mighty Ducks, um, could we revisit and maybe reboot Heavyweights? Because that one's awesome.
1: That's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. Uh, I never got into that as much, but I will say that I know there would certainly be an audience for it.
0: Well, I mean, we already got a sequel. It's called
1: Dodgeball. <laughs> oh, man. That was, was that Will Ferrell? Was that like owner in elementary Stiller. school? Ben Stiller. Oh, oh, my goodness gracious.
0: So, yes. Michael has the difficult task. We're going to talk the Star Wars and Lucasfilm news, but we're going to try our best to... Keep this as brief as we can,
1: yeah because
0: okay. or else this yeah. would have been its own episode with not only how much they dropped but just how much any one of these new topics could be their own discussion here um is there anything like le- not lesser but just like we could talk about this quicker let's see um bad batch we're getting a bad batch series based off the Clone Wars
1: yay right there with you next
0: um. Ahsoka series? Yay. Uh, okay. And to be fair, after watching um, her appearance on Mandalorian, I'm much more on board with Ahsoka, with an Ahsoka series. Like, I liked the character fine. I didn't watch Clone Wars until Maul showed up. I watched the Maul episodes because I'm that much of a Phantom Menace mark. Um, I thought she was fine. I liked her rebel. She was fine. I think it's really seeing her come in live action then I'm like, okay, that makes... I can see that more. I can visualize that more. Because I think it was just difficult of watching, like, Clone Wars. Most of those characters you've never seen in live-action form, so you don't know how they play in live-action form. Um, And so when Ahsoka finally shows up Mando, I was just like, okay, I can see this. Plus, Mando is clearly setting up events for an Ahsoka spinoff of... Why does she want to know where, spoiler alert, why does she want to know where Grand Admiral Thrawn is? For those illiterate people, like Michael, who never watched Rebels, um, there's a reason why she wants to find Grand Admiral Thrawn, because y'all slept on Rebels, and now y'all asking us, um, was something explained in Rebels, and we're like, yes, it was. You should catch up and watch, because it's actually pretty good. Um, So... Also, has one of the best fights ever with Ahsoka versus Darth Vader. Oh, um, I'm okay with this Ahsoka series. It's it's fine. I won't say it's the one I'm most looking forward to. I have one that might surprise you, Michael. Uh, one of the series that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, but I'm just going to guess that you're looking forward to this one.
1: Uh, yes, very much so. I love Ahsoka because it, they never gave up on her. And she's so different and better than what she was from the introduction with the Clone Wars movie. Oh, you mean when she was the
0: worst character I, ever?
1: Yeah, yeah. But listen, the the possibilities here are what are excite me because um, I'm not a big fan of Rosario Dawson. I know that might be a sin, but because I do like Ashley Eckstein. Obviously, I know she doesn't translate to live action. I get it. Okay, that's not my argument. But I, but I just I love the character and, she, and it's her character, um, and and that's that's kind of for me how it always will be. But with Tamar Morrison being here with Mandalorian, the possibilities of having him play Rex uh, is very high, in my opinion. Okay, quick side tangent. uh,
0: Quick side tangent. uh, Speaking of Tamar Morrison, did you think it was weird that they didn't announce a Boba Fett series?
1: Uh, No, because I would not want to see the Boba Fett series. Regardless of if you
0: want to see it, that's been rumored for months now.
1: Yeah, it has been, but I think they folded it into Mandalorian. Um, that's fair, and that's fair. I think that's that's part of it. Um, so, but you could have him as Rex, and with Hayden Christensen returning, you easily could, could fold the fact that, like, the, the reason why I love Ahsoka, uh, the reason why I love Ahsoka is because of her relation to Anakin, and since his downfall is like catalyst for like, mo- like everything in Star Wars, like, I always liked going back to the well with that character, And anything um, that any of that conflict, like the rebels, like conflict when she fights him. Like I've watched that thing multiple times, and I love it. I love the like the humanity uh, and everything that goes in with that. And we have not seen a Force Ghost, Anakin and Ahsoka interact, you know, after his redemption. So I think that would be really cool to to see how her master kind of came all the way back around. I think you easily could explore a lot of character elements. And then you are 100% right. Um, Grand Admiral Thrawn, and how he has to play in from Rebels, I think is amazing. So I think the potential for that series is great because there's no expectation. And they have so much creative freedom. So really looking forward to it. I, I'm, a, I'm 100% on board for the, the possibilities, not necessarily just for the fact that it is like, hey, Ahsoka, I love the character, but I think they have a lot of room to just explore the rest of the galaxy, which is, I think, what we need as Star Wars fans.
0: Well, you got you. I was tracking with you. I was on the right page with you until you said oh. the two words that I didn't want to talk about, but we have to at some point. Hayden Christiansen.
1: Come on. Okay.
0: Why? Before. Why? Before we get into it. Most of y'all out there are hypocrites, and you know it. You bashed Hayden Christensen for years, and now he's coming back. You're rejoicing, going, yay, Hayden's back, yay, Hayden's back. No, y'all have hated him for years. I'm not backing down from my hatred. I still think he's one of the worst actors of all time, and his Anakin was awful. Y'all seem to think, oh, he he wasn't bad. Yes, he was given a bad script and a bad director to work with but his performance is awful and all of a sudden you're just like oh it's great he's back it's great it's great he's back it's great he's back no not even 3 years ago y'all hated him what changed like is it just cool to like him now i'm sure he The he's sequel got- trilogy The performances in the sequel trilogy are a lot better than anything Hayden brought to the table even though the prequels are more cohesively put together i'll give you that like yeah I think Hayden, I'm sure Hayden Christensen is a wonderful man and a kind person. I've heard nothing but wonderful fan interactions from people. That being said, it doesn't make sense for him to come back. It really does not. Because in A New Hope, Vader says, When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Only a master of evil doth. Like, there has been no confrontation between them in those 19 years. It does not make sense. And also, just... Y'all hated Hayden Christensen for so many years, and all of a sudden now you just like him? Like, I just don't get it. Like, it's the same thing that I have issue with the Zack Snyder thing. People hated Man of Steel. They hate Batman vs Superman. But now that Snyder Cut's coming out, they're just like, Oh, no, his movies have always been underappreciated, and people just misunderstand them. No, stop yeah. wish-washing and just stick with a side. I want to be proven wrong. I think with a credible director, maybe Hayden Christensen can be good. But until he proves me otherwise... I'm not looking forward to his return like everybody else is. I won't back down from that. I think this is stupid. However, as I have my big rant, there is... If I'm the storyteller here, and I trust Deborah Chow, who's the showrunner for Obi-Wan, because he's returning for the Obi-Wan series as Darth Vader, in case we didn't say that, I'd be curious if they bring him back for one thing. And that would be more or less to fix his prequel appearances because it's no secret that he's like the biggest weak link in the prequels if they use him in flashback scenes to solidify the bond between obi-wan and anakin then i'm okay with that because i know there's some prequel lovers out there and i'm one of them i like the prequels but there's some prequel lovers out there that are just like the bond between obi-wan and anakin is so strong in the clone wars it's strong in the movies In the movies, they have, like, two scenes together, and that is it. There's zero chemistry. If they build that chemistry and kind of retcon it into the movies, then I'm more okay with it. But I'm still hung up on this, why? Why do we have to bring him back? It logically just does not make sense, other than pure fan service for a very strange grouping, like... I, again, I don't get it. Y'all hated Hayden Christensen, and all of a sudden, just overnight, it seems that people like him again. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Maybe I'm just overreacting here, but I until he proves otherwise, I don't think he's a good actor, and I don't understand his
1: rationale. Uh, I mean, I certainly can understand your hesitancy. Uh, I think it's it's a harkening back. I think people are nostalgic because yes, people ripped on him, but then The Last Jedi happened, and people realized, well, why do we love Star Wars? and why do why are the prequels even though they're they're not great stories like as far like as far as like plot and character development and everything there's there is there is a broadening of like this is a tragic story that happened to this main character and the world building of the prequels was amazing that's the one thing the prequels did a big, like better than any other Star Wars story, I think that's been told is that that trilogy broadened the universe, introduced us to so much more. And even though I didn't think they did the best job at doing that, like the world building, that like the, the the lore that came out of those films is amazing. And seeing the response at D twenty was it twenty three a couple of years ago, um, I think people realized that just in the same way that they they just crapped on Jake Jake Lloyd. Is that, you know, these are just people, like we can hate on them, whatever, but like the fact that we're hating on them shows something more about us than than it does on them to begin with. And he was given a bad script, he was given a bad director. You know what I could do with a bad script and a bad director? Also act badly. So but I also, understand. And but I get, also I get
0: it. I'm coming from the point of view of I've seen him on other stuff. And I think he's
1: yeah. bad in other things too. Like, yeah, he was in that movie, Awake, and also in Jumper is. It's not great. Yeah, I, I get it. I don't I think it. I've seen
0: him in anything good. That's the problem. Like, He's even yeah. a, he's a more dull version of Sam Worthington. Like, And that's but, saying something.
1: But why did Disney bring him back? If they know he's bad, he's not going to receive well. Why, why would service. you bring him back? Fan
0: service. It's yeah. all Disney has been really about.
1: And to be fair, they did a lot of fan service
0: during this panel. Yeah.
1: Yes, they did. And, and I, I think... I have I high have hope for that but I think people want what they felt even though they were disappointed in the stories it was still Star Wars so that's the biggest that's the biggest critique of the sequel trilogy is that it did not feel like Star Wars to in, in, in its worst critiques like like the worst critiques of the original trilogy and, and any of the other spinoffs and the other and, and, the, and the prequels and the other TV shows and the video games is that you you're not going to hear this complaint. it did not feel like Star Wars. But that is exactly what you got from the sequel trilogy, and when people see Hayden Christensen, it's like, well, that's Star Wars. I mean, he is synonymous with the most important character. So I think people are but not in a yes, good they're way one being hypocritical. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. I'm not making an excuse for it. I think you are a hundred percent valid, and you're calling out. Uh, however, I think secondly, people might be a little biased. In the fact, was like, just give me something that I can cling to that feels like Star Wars. So, I, I think that's why people uh, are going to appreciate this. But Obi Wan series, man, like, again, you have you have a you not you don't have as much creative freedom as you do with Ahsoka uh, because of that line that you that you referenced. But my goodness, like this, we knew it was coming. I'm so happy Hayden Christian did catch me off guard. I, that was like a pleasant surprise for me. So I do have to. Deviate from from your point of view there, but my point am I pumped for this? You, I mean, do you do you think? Yeah, from a certain point of view. Are you, are now? I had a chance to ask you, Deborah Chow, Obi Wan. Do you like that pairing? What what are you what are your reactions to that?
0: I am so on mm-hmm. board with that because still to this okay. day, Deborah Chow has directed my favorite episode of The Mandalorian, which is Episode Four of Season One, with all the Mandos helping him out. Um. Oh yes. Okay. That I love that episode so much. Um, but also. For anybody that knows me, and Michael knows me well, Yuma McGregor and the character of Obi-Wan has been my number one favorite movie character and, like, biggest movie crush since 1999. I've had a man crush on Yuma McGregor for over 20 years now, and I have been begging, pleading, and praying to high heaven since before we were in college, the day Disney bought Lucasfilm. I've been asking... Obi-Wan, 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 Obi-Wan. I've been following that development forever when it was supposed to be a movie. And then thanks to the failures of Solo and Rogue One, we didn't get Obi-Wan. I still think we should have opened with a Kenobi movie because Rogue One, it's not for everybody. But um, Solo was a huge misstep because people weren't asking for it. People were asking for Obi-Wan. And then when Solo flopped, you're just like, well, people don't care about prequel movies. No, people told you they weren't interested in Solo and then didn't go see it. So you just don't want to admit that you didn't listen to the fans and you just pushed on with your own agenda and it didn't work out too well. However, I will say Solo does live on and it is kind of the show that I was shocked but am most happy about in that we're getting a Lando series for Disney+. Plus. And I'm actually, besides Obi-Wan, this is the series I'm most looking forward to. Because I think they're going young Lando. And as much as I think Solo was just fine, I liked it more than Rogue One, but also I not remember like anything about it. I thought it was very unmemorable. But given Kathleen Kennedy's decision to fire the directors with two weeks left to go, that's what you get when you rush out of production. I thought the crown jewel of that movie and the best thing about it by far was Donald Glover as young Lando. And he outshone everyone. And it showed that that movie probably should have just been a Lando movie instead. Um, So, while the solo sequels are clearly dead that they were trying to set up with a Darth Maul spinoff and everything else, I wanted more time with Donald Glover's Lando. I thought he was so charismatic. I thought he was just a perfect embodiment of a young billy d i wanted more with that character minus the weird droid relationship but um i am all for this as long as we get as long as it's young lando with more donald glover and more they could potentially tie in han if they really wanted to i'm really really on board a lot more than i thought i would be considering how much i liked donald glover's lando and i think this is an interesting point of view here
1: yeah, didn't expect it, and I'm interested to see more. Um, I I feel like this, like I do about the new uh, casting Andor series, that I'm just kind of like I'm interested, but I'm not sold. Yeah, I'm know? not interested in Andor at all. Yeah, and do you, and now at the same principle talking about Black Widow, is it because we know his fate, or you just don't care about the more the grittier side of the rebellion? You know, I thought Andor was one of the most
0: bland and forgettable characters in all of Star Wars. I thought every character in Rogue One was purposely bland so that way you didn't feel emotion when they died. Because they know they were going to die from the get-go. Like, I don't mind Gareth Edwards' movies, but all of his movies, he's got very bland characters. Looking at you, Godzilla, um, they're just people. They're not memorable characters. And I think the only memorable character is the one that's not even human with K2SO. I would much be more interested in the K2SO series than Andor. I just thought Cassian Andor wasn't a particularly interesting protagonist. I didn't think Jin was a particularly interesting protagonist. I didn't feel like I knew or understood any of their personalities. They just felt very cookie cutter and not very interesting. Also, it doesn't help that I think, and this is a weird side tangent, but I thought the intro, when we first meet Cassian Andor, is one of the weirdest and most bizarre intros for any Star Wars movie ever of like, wait, is this guy in a rebellion? What, what's happening in right now in this situation of he's shooting somebody in the back alley. Who's the guy that he just shot? Uh, who is he? Uh, like they, they just kind of go, he works for the rebellion. Here you go. Like I never attached myself to yeah. Cassie Nandor at all. It, So I'm not very excited for that series. That's like very, very low on my hype list. But also, I know I just talked about how excited I am for a young Lando series. Please, 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 for the love of God, can we stop making stuff set between episodes three and four? At least from a rebellion standpoint. Obi-Wan's fine because he's doing his own little side thing. Lando's fine because I'm sure he's doing his own little side thing. But stop doing stuff about stuff leading up to A New Hope. Rebels, liked it, but come on. Um,
1: yeah, it, it's it's not expanding the universe. Um, some shows are, um, but uh, the the rumored movies uh, didn't we didn't get announced. I th- I think you know I, I will say this I'll go out on a limb. The stuff that wasn't announced for Lucasfilm is more interesting than I think anything else, uh, because of the because we've been talking about the the High Republic era, which we'll talk about in just a second. But like. There were rumored movies, like that's where they were gonna be going for. And I think maybe those got switched up with some of the TV T V shows, but like what Disney did not announce with like with Lucasfilm, I think is more interesting than what they did, or at least close to it.
0: Well, actually, you do bring up a really good point that is in my notes of you talk about stuff that they didn't announce. You know what they didn't announce at all? Any content whatsoever having to do with the sequel trilogy. Yep. They are done with that. They're like We done goofed A.A. Ron. We're not doing anything with the sequel trilogy. We may come back to that in 10-15 years when young kids like them because I know some of y'all are mad at the sequel trilogy and you're right to be that way. But believe it or not, in 10-15 years from now, there are going to be kids that love these movies more than any other Star Wars movies. It happened with the prequels. It's going to happen with these. that's, That's just how Star Wars goes and that's fine. But I think Disney realizes they done goofed with the sequel trilogy. Um, But you're not wrong with the High Republic thing. They didn't mention that anything overtly. I think they did tip their hand, but not in the way we think. Because uh, Kathleen Kennedy, I'm not going to lie, I was really hoping when she came out, she'd be like, "Um, Due to the success of our ongoing Star Wars shows and with our shows already in production, um, I have sought out further career opportunities with another organization I'll be handing over um, control of Lucasfilm to Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau in 2021 um, with me to f- fully departing the company in 2022. I was kind of hoping for that. Still think it might happen. Um, but she talked about Taika Waititi, Star Wars movie, which got announced on May the 4th earlier this year, so it was nothing new. I bet you that's High Republic. I still think Taika, yeah. is, Taika is spearheading the new wave of Star Wars. Uh, But that wasn't the big movie announcement. But we'll we'll close that one out. um, Because there's still two other series that got announced. We've got The Acolyte, which sounds like it might be about the Sith, actually, which kind of gets me excited. And a series that got me excited very briefly and then (laughs) got me crashing down to Earth real quick. Rangers of the New Republic. I got excited because I... When I first read it, I read Rangers of the Old Republic and I got super, super excited and then I reread it. Rangers of the New Republic. Oh, it's a Cara Dune spinoff, which I should be excited for that. I like the character of Cara Dune, but I got excited for Old Republic all for nothing. Um, either The Acolyte or Rangers of the New Republic. Either of those kind of stand out to you, Michael, or are they just more content?
1: Well, they stand out for two different reasons. Uh, Rangers of the New Republic sounds like an animated show. Uh, it doesn't sound like anything I'm interested in. Uh, but after seeing uh, Cara Dune in Mandalorian, like, sure, I'm going to watch it. It's Star Wars content. Um, the the Acolyte sounds amazing. Like, the old Republic stories or anything, like Knights of the old Republic, like, going back in time, like, night, like the original Knights of the old Republic video game, that RPG from Bioware 2003 – my favorite Star Wars story ever told like I absolutely love it from top down and if we're gonna get something I'm not talking about copying the source material but just something older I am a hundred percent on board you you can you, there's so much creative freedom by going backwards and telling stories of the Sith and the Jedi and how we got to like use the force and like maybe even the creations of lightsabers themselves. Like I think those are just cool things. But to tell Ooh. it from a Sith perspective, I am just I'm not wondering. Like th- this is, is it's a female it's a female centric show. Is that right? I, I
0: believe
1: so. A, do we do know that? I believe yeah. so. I'm wondering if. Yeah, I th- I think I think they mentioned that, which uh, again, hundred percent on board for as well. But. This this idea that is going to be in this higher public, so cool to me, and I'm just praying. I'm praying. I'm so praying. Much like your Treasure Planet and much like your Obi-Wan thing, I'll say your Obi-Wan plea is this: Disney, listen to me right now. Uh, it is December 15, 2020. For your Acolyte Show, please, for the love of God, introduce Darth Revan as a character in this new. Nope. The Star Wars universe, nope. please. It won't. I am begging you to do that. It won't be in the so acolyte.
0: It won't Babe. be in the acolyte, but trust me, Revan is coming. But it, I don't think it'll be in the acolyte. I think it'll be in one of their movies, maybe the Taiko movie. Okay. Uh, but I, I fully believe Revan is coming. Uh, but now before we get to the last Star Wars thing, Lucasfilm is more than just Star Wars. It is also Indiana Jones, which they're still going ahead with. Yes. They're like this well, is the Final Indiana Jones, but um, um, Last Crusade was supposed to be the final Indiana Jones, and then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was supposed to be the final Indiana Jones. So, again, I doubt it, but they're like, we're not recasting, it's still gonna be Harrison Ford. And I'm going, uh, guys, he was too old for this in Last Crusade, uh, and then he was also, again, too old in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I trust James Mangold as a director forward v ferrari was amazing logan wonderful um walk the line outstanding um but yeah i wish i could get excited for this they've said it's coming they're gonna start production early next year with a 2022 release i'm just going can we not you talked early about you can't recast indiana jones i've said for years that you actually can and i know that's a lot of people will get upset about that, but Indiana Jones is based off of James Bond. Name a character that's been recast more than James Bond, except for maybe, right. Spider, maybe Spider-Man maybe at the rate we're going. Um, I think Indiana Jones can be recast because, spoiler alert, we already did. We had a young Indiana Jones series once, which, can we bring that back for Disney Plus? That'd be a perfect show. I want to a live-action Young Indiana Jones series, and I want a Sky High series on Disney+. Plus. Disney, you can thank me later. Um, I want to be excited for a new Indiana Jones. I love the franchise. Uh, Heather and I, actually, a few months ago, they were showing Cutback Classics at our local theater, and so we safely uh, saw Raiders of the Lost Ark on the big screen for the first time ever. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I love, love Indi- I love Indiana Jones, and I want to be excited. But one, the last movie that we had was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and two... Harrison Ford's gonna be like what 75, 76 when this movie finally comes out? I'm like, just anybody. I don't just just let somebody else have the franchise with this. Clearly you can't do Shia LaBeouf. Even though I love him as an actor, he's in his own hot water again right now. So um can't do that. I just I trust James Mangold as a director, but I don't I don't see myself being super excited for this.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard to to I have to try unfortunately i went and saw the kingdom of the crystal skull with my whole family like because my my family much like yours they they introduced me to indiana jones i remember watching the first one with my dad and he was so proud to introduce me to uh, introduce this to me and he talked about hey this is this is what people loved people had listening to this song they loved the theme here's what the crowd reaction was like this is when people really started cheering they went nuts at this part like I was just trying to relive like that, the nineteen seventies and eighties through my dad. You know him telling me this as we're watching the film. So they have a special place for me too. And when we all went to see *Kingdom of the Crystal Skull*, we were all just hyped, like it was going to be fun. And it just it wasn't fun. Like that's that's the thing, is that it was not a fun movie to watch. And and as a kid, remember that that high I talked to you about going and seeing like, *Enchanted* with my my mom. And how much she loved it. Well, if I'm going to a movie and it's a special occasion, it's a special event. Growing up, we didn't have a lot of money, so TV, so movies was a very, very special two or three times a year type of thing. And my parents did not like it because I could hear them kind of like, "Oh, this is so dumb," or right? "Hey, this is." They were groaning. As a kid, that just, that kind of brings you down a little because you know you're not going to be able to do this again. <laughs> you know, you'd rather have a good time. So, all of that is to me to say that yeah, I'm not really I'm not really hopeful about it, but the director, you are hundred percent right, is a good sign, but you are really gonna have to sell me on a trailer. But I don't even know if a trailer can turn around my pessimism to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. However, the I'll say it, the biggest surprise of this investor call was of all people, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four director Patty Jenkins just showing up talking about her dad. Um, her dad was a fighter pilot who died in service. And she's just like, uh, I've always wanted to go fast. I've always wanted to honor my dad. I've always wanted to make the coolest fighter pilot movie th- in that's ever been made. And so while she's talking, she's like taking off rollerblades and she's um, putting on a jumpsuit. She turns around and the camera pans, revealing an X-Wing. Then they reveal the logo, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins is doing a Rogue Squadron movie. My jaw was on the floor when I read this. Because, as far as I knew, she was plowing full steam ahead into Wonder Woman 3. and the Amazon spinoff series on Themyscira. And she might still be doing that. There has just been no rumors, no lead up to this at all. I had heard no conversations happening between Patty Jenkins and Disney. It just seems so out of left field. But I saw it. I was just... Oh my gosh. This just jumps immediately to the top of my hype list. I'm not overly excited about Wonder Woman 1984. The trailers haven't wowed me. But um, the review embargo lifted today. And it's getting really positive reviews. So I'm coming around to it. I like the first Wonder Woman. Minus the ending. Which kind of fell a little flat for me. Patty Jenkins is a great director. But also... All you have to say is Rogue Squadron and I am there. I don't even, Uh, you can tell uh, me it's Rogue Squadron directed by Michael Bay and I would still be there because I've logged so many hours as an X-Wing pilot. Like, so Michael, I'm sure you're going to talk about the Rogue Squadron video game at some point. I predate that. I predate that. The very first video game I ever played on my dad's computer with the joystick was X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. And oh boy, TIE yeah. Fighter Advanced. I have that on this system. When I bought this, this really nice editing computer workstation, the first thing I bought was that game from 1996. <laughs> Top of the line graphics, awesome. game from 96, and the whole yep. joystick. Because that, that was X-Wing to me, and I've waited for so long. And some people are just like, it's Top Gun and Star Wars. I'm like, except a good movie, Top Gun is not that great. Uh-oh. But... um. Okay. Alright. It's not! Nothing happens! Top. Right. Nothing happens in Top Gun. It's just Tom Cruise pretending that he's tall while his co-stars are either sitting down or leaning over something. But, this... Yes! I don't care yeah. if Wedge is coming back or not. This, this is a fresh idea. And I know I've talked about, I don't want stuff around between episodes 3 and 4 anymore. It doesn't have to be. This could be whatever they want it to be. This I trust Patty Jenkins. I think she's going to make one of the best dogfighting movies of all time because the way she talked about wanting to basically honor her dad and this movie means a lot to her. There's a passion in that that I feel like has been missing from at least the Star Wars movies for a while. It was there for Force Awakens. You could tell J.J. loved it. It wasn't there for Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Say what you want about the quality movies. The just love and detail and the I want to honor this for a reason. Was not there as much. That alone, I could just feel her passion for the project coming out, and that just makes me more excited for it. Just Rogue Squadron. That was the best surprise. It just yes, please. Can I have now? Thank you, sir. May I have another?
1: Yeah, you're you're 100% right. I'm so glad that you go back Like those those games. I never had a chance to play. them. am like, I just had a different experience with games growing up because we just didn't have a whole lot of things uh, or accessibilities in that in that regard. Uh, but uh, I've seen them and it is it is, it just captures the, the imagination and I played Rogue Squadron 2. I didn't play that I never played the first one game that was computer based, so I had to play the GameCube version. That's mm-hmm. what I had. And I remember playing it at Target, the demo at Target for the first time, and I was hooked. That was my mom bought me a GameCube for that following Christmas and she got me Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader and oh, I so remember good. so good. I remember that game so much that I was in a second grade class and I had a pen pal in Germany. And I wrote to them telling them how awesome this game was. That is how much of an impression it had on me. And I still play Rogue Squadron 2 and Rogue Squadron 3 to this day on my GameCube. And the and the reason why is because you are a hundred percent right, Nate. You got you get to be a X-Wing pilot. And and my review is pending on Star Wars Squadrons that just came out here in October. My review is pending on that. Um but they this whole this whole idea of, of this movie coming to life. 100% on board, can I buy my ticket now, please? That's all I have to ask.
0: Yeah, like um, how early is early reservations? Because like <laughs> all I want, please, is just at least one shot taken from the cockpit while they're flying and doing a barrel roll. Like, yeah. I... X-Wings are the mm, the second coolest vehicle, at least for me. I love X-Wings. X-Wings are my favorite vehicle to go into space. My favorite vehicle of all time in Star Wars is still the speeder bikes on Endor. Those are awesome. Followed very closely behind by X-Wings. I think everyone wants to ride an X-Wing. And if you make us care about the people that are in the cockpit besides oh, Luke boy. Skywalker, they're in a heartbeat. <gasps> okay. Yeah. What if... But they might not do this because it would sound too similar to Rogue One. What if we learn about the squad that's doing the Death Star run with Luke and we all have to watch them all die except (laughs) for Wedge?
1: Yeah, it'd be terrible. Uh, yeah, it, it's probably. I mean, it's probably. I mean, really close to inside baseball, but you can focus more on them. And I don't know. Like the fact that we're just like always going between three and four, or sometime during four. Like, there's a lot of material we don't know what happened between four and five, and five and six. I was
0: going to say set it between five and six. That was like, what is it? Six yeah. months? Six months is nine yeah. months? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and actually, like in the actual Rogue Squadron games, there's a lot of cool stuff that happens between five and six, and four and five. But you know, setting up for why don't you do a story if you want to do that? Set them up for the second Death Star and the Bothans. Why not make it? Why not make that finally the thing where it's Rogue Squadron gets the Death Star plans from the Bothans?
0: That would be cool. More than anything, yeah. maybe don't make them human. Have it interspecies squad. I think that could be yeah. fun. We've, we focused so much on humans. Let's do some Tweelix if we want. Um, yeah. Rodians. I don't care. Just Patty chickens. I trust you. This is awesome. And I can't wait. Mm. Um, now to close out the show, the big headliner obviously was Marvel. Marvel dropping some bombs of news, uh, but not a lot of movie news. Uh, we'll save the big, huge one, that I'm very conflicted about. For last. Um, I think most notable by their absence. Was Spider-Man 3. Whatever it's going to be called. Now I get. That it probably wasn't going to show up. Because uh, that's a Sony movie. And they're just there to promote Disney movies. But the fact that they don't address. Anything about Spider-Man. It's just odd. They're talking about their whole future of Marvel movies. And I don't mention Spider-Man at all. I just thought it was odd to say the least other than Kevin Feige said yes that we'll be exploring the concept of the multiverse I'm just going tell us please you're just leaving us in suspense yeah right Um, but we got at least three separate trailers we got a trailer for um, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki and a new animated series called What If which is basically going to be taking all the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe putting them in animated form and changing one key aspect about them and asking What if? Like, the first episode will be Captain America, the first Avenger. What if Peggy Carter got the super soldier serum instead of Steve Rogers? So that's your story for that one. Or they have one with Guardians of the Galaxy. What if T'Challa was Star-Lord instead of Peter Quill? I'm really excited for What If. I have somewhere in my desk space over here. I actually have a bunch of What If comics from my uncle when I got a whole bunch of his comics. I like this idea of thinking outside the box of they're not canon of just what if something was different i don't think they will but i would love it if for the spider-man one of what if spider-man had six arms like they did in the comic for a while that when spider-man had six arms um i think this is really really cool what if also will have the return of almost all the mcu actors except for chris evans and robert downey jr i don't think they're coming back um chadwick boseman is voicing T'Challa. That will be his final performance that we get to hear. Um, I thought that was an outstanding trailer, but it's not the show I'm most looking forward to. Um, if you had to guess, what what do you think I'm most looking forward to there, Michael?
1: Uh well, uh, I would I would imagine it's pro- well. Actually, that's a great question because uh, knowing you, I don't know. I I was blown away by the Loki TV series. Is that by chance yours? Nope.
0: It. I uh, no. will say. The Loki trailer won me over more than it did. Like, I have not been high on the Loki series. I've just, eh, it's whatever. It does look cool. I'm more hyped for it than I was before. And maybe it's because Owen Wilson's there with a mustache and he hasn't said wow yet. (laughs) So I got to wait for that and then I can leave the show. But actually, no, in all seriousness, I do think the Loki trailer looks really, really awesome. As a Spider-Man fan, I was a little worried at one point in the trailer when there's like a stone, uh, like a glass panel or whatever, and it looks like a devil, which kind of looks suspiciously like Mephisto, who's a Marvel villain that's been rumored for a while, which as a Spider-Man fan, I'm going, no, no, Mephisto, no, because Mephisto is responsible for one of the worst Spider-Man story arcs of all time. And please don't bring that to the MCU, please. But yes, <laughs> I like the Loki trailer. Um, what What
1: about the Loki trailer stood out to you? Uh, it's just wacky, uh, and it has a little bit of a dark twist to it. Like it, it is not something I expected. I thought of a, like a Loki trailer, like him, like I don't, I don't know. I didn't expect it on an alien planet and something like him getting into like the, like this mystery thriller, or whatever. Like the way they pitched it, I'm like, okay, if that's the route you're going, that sounds amazing. Like, I just expected him to try to use the tesseract to alter time. I thought they were gonna. Go for him, just trying to get back at his brother, because that has always been his motivation. But if you take him outside of his element, because clearly he has plans, he gets stuck and marooned on this place, and he's like, "What am I doing here?" And then and now, so like the audience is like thinking exactly like him, like, "Well, this isn't what I expected." So you can actually have fun with it. That because it, it was it it served all of my expectations. That's why I loved it. Um, the one Division thing for me. Uh, because I've already seen the trailer, I had I've actually not been following this very well, so I've always been confused in what this show is supposed to be. But the idea of like the whole sitcom thing for the '50s, '60s, it being more of a facade, and it kind of it, it's like you're, you're implementing her powers and of like this what she would want things to be kind of type of thing, and like it's fantasy versus reality with vision, like that hooked me because I was not hooked by WandaVision, but I suspect, is that your, No, is that the one? Okay, well then you're going to have to tell me, because I'm sorry, I've lost. WandaVision
0: is my, like, least anticipated show. I don't know what it is, but it just is not grabbing my attention. No, my most anticipated show, and has been, since they announced it, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I cannot wait for this. I'm not the biggest Winter Soldier fan, but I'm one of the biggest Falcon fans. I love Anthony Mackie in the role I've loved Anthony Mackie ever since I saw him in the Adjustment Bureau, which I still think is very underrated, um, even if it is a little confusing. Um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is still, to me, the best MCU movie of all time. I love the Winter Soldier. And I think a big part of that was, was the supporting cast. Like, Falcon was great. Good introduction, at least, for the Winter Soldier, even if he might not be my favorite character. But judging by this trailer... I think that'll change because Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan have such fantastic chemistry already. And you can tell that already on the show that they're going to have, they're continuing that great chemistry. I thought the action looked phenomenal. I love the wardrobe. Like their suits look awesome. I love the premise of yes, you captain America gave the shield to Sam to be the new captain America. Well, what if the shield wasn't yours to give away? Is that still our You still the new Captain America, Sam. Like, there's clearly a new Captain America in U.S. Agent that the American government wants to say is the new Captain America, but that's not Steve's wish. Um, I like that concept. I like Zemo coming back. That excites me a lot. I think it's just the show that trailers further solidified it for me. I was already excited, but this got me more excited. Uh, But we've got other series coming. We've got an Armor Wars series Featuring Rhodey, which I laughed at the description that they gave. They're just like, "Um, now that Iron Man's gone, what happens if his tech falls in the wrong hands? I'm going, are you guys new to the MCU? Like, every villain in the MCU is, I've got Iron Man's tech, and I hate Iron Man for some reason. All the Iron Man movies. Almost all the Spider-Man movies. Um, Ultron. Like, this is not a new concept, guys. Everyone steals Iron Man's tech. I'm pretty sure I have Iron Man's tech somewhere in my house, for God's sake. um, Here's the thing. I'll be excited if you bring back Justin Hammer. Because as much as Iron Man 2 sucks, Justin Hammer's awesome. I think I'd be more excited about the show if it wasn't Don Cheadle. I'm in a minority here. I think Terrence Howard was a much better roadie and I think could have carried this series a lot better. Don Cheadle's fine, but I still much preferred the original roadie. This show is just fine. I don't, it's whatever. Roadie's not really my favorite character. and doesn't really grab my attention. I just thought it was an odd choice. Just kind of, Oh, that's a thing that's happening. Um, not as much of a surprise as the secret invasion series though.
1: So yeah, <laughs> that caught me off guard. That's actually my most anticipated one. That sounds amazing. I me. want
0: it to be my most anticipated, but I'm a little nervous. So, for those that don't know, Secret Evasion is, like, one of the biggest events in Marvel comics, like, ever. So, um, those that don't know, remember in Captain Marvel, those green people, the scrolls that can shapeshift? They're also in, in Far From Home. Well, they're supposed to be bad. I don't know why we decided to make them good guys. It just annoys the crap out of me that they made that decision. A lot of things about Captain Marvel bother me. But um, in the comics, they're supposed to be bad guys that are trying to take over the Earth by disguising themselves as key figures. Like, within the Avengers, various human figures, They're they've been disguised as for years. That way, when the time is right, all the pieces are in place to overthrow and conquer the world. I am disappointed that this is a series, but there could obviously be bigger ramifications. I figured this whole overarching story of Secret Invasion would be the narrative for at least one of the phases, like phase four or four, five. Phase four seems to be about the multiverse. Phase five might be about mutants? Question mark? Um, I do think this, is, this type of event is big enough to be multi-movie spanning. And who knows, it might be introduced in this series and then uh jumping into the movies but i it feels minor league here to just be putting on a series instead of multiple story movie arcs uh however we are getting ben mendelson's talos back and samuel L. jackson's nick fury for this series so maybe that's what they was they were teasing at the end of spider-man far from home when they're on that big spaceship yes absolutely Um, i think this is interesting. I am just disappointed that this isn't like a multi-movie arc. But who's to say it won't be? And this isn't just the intro. I just think it's odd that it was announced to be a Disney Plus
1: series. Yeah, because it it seems to be a massive scale, and you'd like to see it set up more, but, I mean, that's the one thing that the MCU does is everything connects, and that was the one thing that they kept saying. They've said multiple times, as Kevin said in his presentation, that these things are all going to connect. Like, you want to watch WandaVision. You will want to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. They will connect to all these other things that we are doing, and they doubled down on it, and that is... You know, for me, that's something that's very encouraging. Also, for the fan base, it helps continue to keep keep this broader storytelling going. And I'm really, really hopeful uh, that that they can pull it off. And honestly, um, I think I will say this: that the far from home's mid uh, credits and end credits scene um, were, I think, the best in. Like honestly, it was the best. Like twist, and then also with what J J, J Jonah Jameson, and in, in the end, I think Far From Home had the best mid credits and end credits scene in, in the history of the MCU. So. And part of that was, uh, part of that was this like the reveal that the Skrulls were playing playing Nick Fury and and uh, what's her face Maria um, Hill. Yeah, Maria Hill. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm. I don't honestly, man. Like, I think it sounds so cool, (laughs) and because it's gonna be, you can make the challenge. The challenge for the heroes is gonna be immense, and the fact that you you can play on again with the history of the scrolls, like it's cool. I'm all on board.
0: So you talked about the Far From Home thing. Uh, I remember, like, two or three weeks before Far From Home came out, I was like, okay. I cheered and almost lost my voice when Captain America finally lifted Mjolnir in Endgame. Like that. That's been on my, I need to see it in a movie bucket list for years. I told Heather two or three weeks before Far From Home came out, the only thing that would get me to cheer louder than Captain America lifting Mjolnir is if we ever got J.K. Simmons back as J. Jonah Jameson in the MCU. But it'll never happen. Two or three weeks later, I for- <laughs> I, I unfortunately was the only one that understood the significance. So when I squealed with delight, I was the only one in my theater that did it, and it was super awkward. <laughs> like when Cap lifted Mjolnir, the whole theater cheered. J.J. Simmons shows up in Far From Home. Nathan squeals like a twelve-year-old discovering what puberty is, and the rest of the theater is silent. And I felt very awkward. Going, <laughs> Guys, this is a big deal. He doesn't have hair now. Um, that's right. <laughs> that's but it. I we have not seen the last of J.K. Simmons, obviously. Um. I still think my favorite end credits is the one at the end of Civil War when um, when Peter's got the I- uh, when he's got the ice pack and he has something on his wrist that's like lighting up a little bit and so he hides it real quick and so once Aunt May leaves it's on the ceiling and it's the spider signal like mm-hmm. I almost had happy tears because going on a Spider-Man ride at Universal and reading Spider-Man comics all throughout my youth I never thought we'd get the spider signal in a movie and just seeing that open the door of now anything is possible in a Spider-Man movie of like, you've seen the spider signal. Anything is fair game. And it well, was all downhill
1: from there. It's like, well, and you can, uh, yeah, anything is coming by the way. Anything is coming. There's a slogan for 2021. Ooh, yeah.
0: So um, from there, we've got some more news about the She-Hulk series. Uh, we did get confirmed casting. That, oh, I forget what the actress's name, but the one that we've reported is going to be She Hulk, is confirmed to be She Hulk, with Mark Ruffalo returning. But more importantly, Tim Roth's Abomination is returning from 2011, yeah. 2010, well, or 2011's The Incredible Hulk. Like, yes, you brought back Thunderbolt Ross in Black Widow and Civil War. But abomination! I thought Disney was forgetting about Incredible Hulk. Like that really yeah. shocked me. I'm I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah, that that was. I mean, it's just the Incredible Hulk's not that good, uh, for one. And I don't think nope. Tim Roth is that good in it. But I liked I love the actor. I liked I liked what they were trying to do. I don't understand why. Uh, but She Hulk, you're gonna have. To, it's gonna have to he has to sell me a little bit more. I am going to have to see a trailer to the show cuz I, I I don't know, it's hard. Like The Incredible Hulk they did such a good like a good story with him, but they took him forever to do it. Plus they never gave him his own movie as it, like once after like The Incredible Hulk they're like, "You know what, we're going to take this character, Adam as a supporting character, and that's how we're going to develop him. We're not going to give him his entire platform." And and it was She-Hulk well, with Abomination and Mark Ruffalo coming back as well, with as the Hulk, like I, I don't know, I, I just, it doesn't appeal to me as much.
0: That's because, for a while there, and I don't know if things have changed or not. It's because legally Disney couldn't make a Hulk movie. He was allowed to oh. cameo in other people's movies, but the distribution yes. rights to the Hulk belonged to Universal for a while. Because remember, up until Avengers, it was not Disney movies. They were, um. Marvel in association with like Columbia or somebody okay. for those first couple Marvel movies. Um yeah, I was shocked when I saw Abomination. Like I know um we ha- I've already had Thunderbolt Ross come back. Does this open the door for Liv Tyler to come back
1: as Betsy as Betty Ross? I mean, the other love interest is kind of done now um so yeah that felt that, flat anyway yeah yes it did like what uh, i don't i uh, yeah so yeah that whole that whole I, I didn't even think about it until then like listen like you you would like to think like well that doesn't sound, make any sense but like literally natalie portman's coming back so jamie like, and Lady Sue. Like, jamie too, fox so, is coming like, back as electro all is fair everything is fair now yes but I, I will say your theory about that, about the the switching of the villains in their own universes, respective universes, I'll let you say it so the audience knows what they're what I'm talking about. Like that is such a genius thing. Like I hope to God you're right, dude.
0: Which means I'm probably not. Um Ugh. So we also got some Ant Man news. We did get confirmation that Kang the Conqueror is the villain, the next Ant Man, which is now called Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Which, I like that title. It fits the Ant-Man theme pretty well of, like, oh, yeah. we, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, I like the Ant-Man franchise. It's not my favorite, like, subcategory in the MCU. I I like them because, for the most part, they've been pretty self-contained, just fun little comedies for the family. Yeah. Uh, like, not high stakes. Like, they're still important to the MCU, but you don't have to see them. They're they're skippable, but I wouldn't recommend it because they're still fun. I think it's interesting that we have some recasting news with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, His daughter, his grown daughter from Endgame has been recast with uh, Freaky and Detective Pikachu actress Catherine Newton. I like Catherine Newton. I just don't really understand the rationale for recasting. Uh, Maybe it's because they're setting up a Young Avengers team with Miss Marvel, with Kate Bishop, with Peter Parker, um, and now with Cassie Lang. Um so maybe that's why they recast her. Like I really like Katherine Newton. Freaky was one of the best movies I've seen this year. I just think it was kind of odd they're just like Ant Man and quantum mania with Kang the Conqueror. Oh by the way we recasted Cassie but it doesn't really matter. I know some people were mad. I'm indifferent to it primarily because we only got like one scene with that other actress yeah. because we were so used to um kid Cassie and now it's teenager Cassie. So whatever. Um, I feel bad for the other actress, but I can't say I was emotionally attached to her portrayal because we saw so little of it. It just seemed like an odd announcement to make.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. interesting. Uh, now, with all the stuff, like with how um, Ant-Man and the Wasp ended, do you think we do you think they have any plans for like Lawrence Fishburne's character and then the character a ghost at all? Do you think there's a return there? Because they they didn't kill the villain in well, that movie.
0: If With the MCU, if they're not physically... Well, even if you're dead. MCU, no one stays dead. Except for Uncle right. Ben. Which, there is no Uncle Ben in the MCU, and that bothers me a lot. Um, but yeah. no one stays dead, and everything is remembered. With Abomination coming back, everything's on the table. Um, well, there might be some tie-ins to Black Widow with Ghost, but those are just some rumors out there. And if they turned out to be true, I don't want to be the one that ruins that for everybody here. But there might be some there okay. might black widow might as much as i've been saying it it's backtracking it still might be setting up future things um for like disney plus type shows that we might see in the future so we'll see when that comes out um uh, i feel like there's some other stuff oh yes guardians of the galaxy the christmas special that's a yeah. thing that's coming and i need it in my life please yeah, please this is gonna get dark Please tell me at one point, Groot loses part of his arm or something, and it becomes the Yule Log.
1: Oh man, that now that would be a now that would be a thing. What what do you think they're going for here? Like, what is this? Like? I, James Gunn said he's been
0: playing this for years, and Kevin Feige was just like, "Yeah, go for it." Maybe it's just like a we want to make fun of the Star Wars Christmas special. Like, Christmas specials are back in fashion, or. I don't know. It's just so out of left field whether this is going to be like a one-time thing, a full-fledged movie, like an hour and a half. I don't know. I just know mm. I need it because yeah. this no sounds kidding. so good on paper. And I, tr- for the most part, trust James Gunn. I wasn't the biggest fan of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but I still love the first one. And I'm really excited for The Suicide Squad. So um, mm. just, just sign me up. Just yes. I don't.
1: I don't need to know anything else. This is coming. This coming holiday, twenty twenty one, right? Uh,
0: probably not. I don't think so, because, uh, because he's currently working on the Peacemaker series with John Cena, which is a spinoff of the Suicide Squad, and he's still deep in post production for the Suicide Squad. Then I think he's jumping into, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, but maybe I'm not sure. There, there's just different scenarios that I can already picture. We're using Groot's leg as the Yule log. Mantis and Drax maybe under the mistletoe. And one of them is into it. And then there's Drax who's just going, oh, you're so repulsive. Like, I, I could just see this being fun. Or Neb- Nebula is Santa Claus in this situation. Or doesn't understand the meaning of Christmas. And Peter Quill has to, like, explain the meaning of Christmas. And then maybe Rocket's just like, so you have a fat... Grumpy old guy that watches you sleep, that gives you presents every year. You Earth humans are weird. Type of stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. So it's holiday 2022 uh, ahead of the 2023 release. So two years, two years from now. Um, it's really interesting to give it that type of day. It's a holiday special. Like, okay, premiering on Disney Plus holiday special. It's gonna premiere before the 2023 film. So it's obviously gonna. It's gonna tie in somehow, but it's odd to see a Christmas special get an announcement. <laughs> you know, it's it's just kind of uh, that was like one of the biggest like out of left fields. But you know, it it belongs like if there's any wacky weird holiday special, it's gotta be the Guardians characters, right? Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, like oh. hands down, it's they're the only ones that it like really makes sense to me, and I think they might call it the holiday special one, so no one gets offended. But two. Who says it has to be Christmas? They could be on some other planet that just like Star Wars, it's never called Christmas. It's life day. Thanks for mm-hmm. I'm reminding y'all about that thing. Um, this could be a lot of fun. I trust James Gunn quite a bit. Now, the big haymaker, the big announcement, which we all kind of saw coming to a certain extent. Yeah. And it was a roller coaster for me when this got announced. I got super, super, super excited because I've been asking and clamoring for this forever and I even pitched my own story idea for how I want this movie to go down and then just as quickly I came crashing back down to earth. It was unfortunate. The Fantastic Four is coming to the MCU directed by the guy that brought us the Spider-Man movies of Homecoming and Far From Home. I'm not going to lie. That let out so much air out of my excitement balloon. Um, John Watts is a perfectly competent director Homecoming I'm in a minority and that's fine Homecoming is my all time favorite Spider-Man movie even more so than Into the Spider-Verse because Homecoming um, demonstrated a lot of the Spider-Man stuff that I've always wanted to see Of, I bought him as a regular high school kid that struggles with the day to day stuff he felt the most like the Spider-Man that I wanted to be as a kid that I read the most about as a kid he was average, um, I, it's the Spider-Man that I wanted to be, um, Far From Home was very disappointing, um, it didn't feel like a Spider-Man movie, there was too much, it didn't feel in the element of Spider-Man, I think being overseas really hurts it, I think, being so dependent on iron man really hurt it they doubled down a lot on you are now the new iron man you are now the new iron man and he's like i don't want to be the new iron man and yet he uses his iron man's tech to build a new quasi iron man suit which really bothered me that was supposed to be like a big pivot point um they just keep insisting and I don't know how much of that is John Watts and how much of that is a Sony mandate that he has to have a mentor figure in every single movie and he has to more or less be Iron Man Jr. Um, I love Homecoming, but I don't get why you go with John Watts. I think he's a fine director, but there's nothing about him that really like gets people excited. Like People know the MCU Spider-Man, but Guardians of the Galaxy, you know that's James Gunn. Thor Ragnarok you know that's Taika Waititi we know the Russo Brothers did in uh, Winter Soldier Civil War the Infinity Saga we know those names not a lot of people know John Watts he just doesn't have that unique style and I have like a top 5 even top 10 list of people I would have loved to see Fantastic Four John Watts is not even anywhere close to that list Uh, Christopher McQuarrie Brad Bird The Russos themselves. Peyton Reed has been pitching a Fantastic Four movie for years. And we thought maybe Ant-Man would be a backdoor in a Fantastic Four. I'm still excited for this. But the announcement of John Watts really, really did take a lot of air out of it. And I I think it will come down to how is the next Spider-Man. And with this Fantastic Four movie, we'll kind of see... Is the issues that I have with the MCU Spider-Man, is it a John Watts thing... Or is it a Sony thing? Because right now the MCU Spider-Man movies, as much as we want to think they're Marvel, they're still Sony. So maybe Mm -hmm. the issues that we have with him, of him being Iron Man Jr., no Uncle Ben, yada, yada, yada. Is that a Sony decision or is that a Kevin Feige decision? And I think with John Watts being now with Fantastic Four, we'll know definitively if Fantastic Four's movie is good and it's great. It's Sony. Shocker. Um... But this, this is obviously the big headline. We are finally getting the Fantastic Four in the MCU. Josh... Sorry. Michael. Wow. Haven't done that one in a while. I'm, I was thinking about my story pitch and his story pitch. Um, which, for those that haven't seen it, Josh and I did story pitches for the Fantastic Four. Like, full-fledged, half an hour... We put a lot of time and effort into it. I'm particularly proud of my Fantastic Four one. So check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it of What I would like to see the Fantastic Four movie be. But Michael, you see that we're getting a Fantastic Four movie. Thoughts?
1: Uh, well, to, to credit you on how much work you put into uh, that Fantastic Four pitch, I just hope he finds that video and decides <laughs> to do that story. <laughs> That was so well done, uh, and I would encourage all of you listeners to go and find that on Media, uh, Fantastic Four pitch. Well, amazing. Well, amazing. Lucasfilm
0: never found my episode eight and episode nine videos and did their own well, stupid thing instead of doing my pitches, which they should have done anyway. But you know, listen, they learned.
1: They learned their lessons, so <laughs> they'll, okay, uh, they'll, they'll copy
0: my Fantastic Four this
1: time. Yes, exactly. Uh, it, I I really hope something like that comes from it, and you know I, I'm rather indifferent on this. I don't have that those deep connections, and, and I haven't really thought in that regard because I've actually liked both Spider-Man movies. Um, but it's it's interesting because I haven't wanted to go back and watch Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's and, the. Biggest and I know thing. there's a reason for that. I know, um, but I still think it's a good movie. Um, oh, very, oh I should clarify.
0: I I never, I don't hate far from home i think it's just such a massive step down from homecoming and i think it starts pivoting the franchise even further in a direction that i don't want it to go um but i i still enjoy both of them but i think you bring up a good point i don't have a desire to go back and re-watch far from home like i do with almost any other spider-man movies not called amazing spider-man 2
1: yeah yeah, it's kind of weird because it's it's really not necessarily all about Spider-Man, even though there's a lot of good, great character development, I think, still done in there. Um, yeah, Fantastic Four, I, it just, for me, considering what we've gotten in such recent memory and what they're doing, like, I want it to feel different, you know? I want it to feel... I want it to have a little, little bit more gravitas to it, you know, if if you understand what I'm saying. Like, I would love it to have, like, yeah, this is Marvel, but th- this is a different type of family. Like, this is a, uh, they're they're still gonna exist, obviously, in the same universe, but I just, like you said, Christopher McQuarrie, like the way he shoots and directs his films, like it just be such a breath of fresh air. So you're you you're right, and they're, they're keeping it in house. So you know, I'm not rushing and i did not really get excited it was kind of like yeah we knew that was coming it's not a big deal for me like fantastic four you know I, it for me it's kind of like well you know at least we are not doing something crazy like well hey since uh, captain uh captain america's dead why don't we just use chris evans as the human torch uh you know uh, that would be uh which we would that would be we've seen everything which brings <laughs> up the good question
0: of if it was up to you who are you casting
1: Oh gosh, it's not it's it listen, after you see after you see all the mock mock ups, it's hard not to want the uh, the best Hollywood power couple out there but John, John, John Krasinski. 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 Krasinski, want, but, Krasinski, yeah. Krasinski. Yeah, it, it's hard not to see that. Um but let's say you did get that. I, I listen, like, I would who, die a happy man. Yeah. I mean I don't know who I would personally like for for like uh the thing and um and johnny but i for me i i, I don't know man but i'll have to answer that another time i haven't given much thought to it because i'm just fantastic four i'm just i'm fatigued uh from mm-hmm. that just the the attempt honestly And i know these are going to be far away but i don't know if this was needed like this whole event was packed did you need to announce it i, I don't know i
0: don't i think that was just the like the push it over the top of we need to push the stocks to even higher levels um Oh, well, The thing, it still makes me mad that he unfortunately will be in the MCU, even if I think he's going to die off very, very quickly. Um, Hopper, David Harbour from Stranger Things, I think would have been a great thing. Um, oh, wow, yeah. And I'm still kind of partial to Zac Efron as Johnny Storm. I think that would be really good. If I can't get him as Nightwing, I think he'd be a really good Human Torch. Um, But I'm also a big fan of maybe going even younger and having someone around Tom Holland's age because I'm so familiar with Human Torch and Peter Parker being such good friends and doing adventures together and I would I would love a Human Torch Spider-Man team up. I know people are like Spider-Man and Daredevil. Nah, Spider-Man and Human Torch, please. That'd be great. So maybe somebody younger. Um, but I'm also not opposed to um, mixing up the races. Like, I know people got all mad when they cast Michael B. Jordan in the 2015 Fantastic Four fan four stick. That movie's awful but michael b jordan's performance as human torch was probably one of the few good acting performances in the whole movie when no one actually really gives a crap um so if you wanted to mix things up go for it um which there might even be precedent for that because jonathan um jonathan majors who's playing kang the conqueror is um kang the conqueror is a descendant of reed richards and sue storm and he's black so maybe you need that i don't care I would like John Krasinski, but as long as you get somebody of equal or greater talent, I'll be willing to accept it. It's, I know a lot of the internet won't be. They're basically ride or die with Krasinski, and after watching A Quiet Place, i it's hard not to see that. Right. But I, I really want it to be Krasinski, and I think he has teased it enough. The fans have teased it enough. I, I actually think that one might happen. I think he's more likely than Emily Blunt. I could see one of them. I don't know if we're lucky enough to have both of them. I still think it might be him. Um, I think it's too soon for Dr. Doom. I know in Josh's pitch, he teased Dr. Doom's appearance. And I may have teased it. Again, check out uh, our Fantastic Four pitch. Um, I teased it a little bit, but I think you got to wait on Dr. Doom. He's such a big thing. You've messed it up. Time and time again. Just like the Fantastic Four themselves. Um, More than anything. I'm excited because. Fantastic Four. Means at some point we can get Silver Surfer. And if we get Silver Surfer. We can get Galactus. I think. If they ever decide to put a bow on the MCU. And just kind of. Like after. 50 movies. We're done. 50 movies. That's it. That's our golden box set. And you need to go out with style galactus is your final threat like whatever they do i always think galactus needs to be the final bad guy you ever have because if you do him too soon no one's really on par with that it would be like if avengers opened with thanos and then the next movie was loki the stakes aren't as high like after you do galactus there's really nothing to nowhere to go after that really like a nihilus, and eh, not quite to the level of galactus i've i've wanted a good galactus for a while and i i'm more excited i'm excited for fantastic four but i'm excited for what they potentially bring to the universe maybe namor the submariner silver surfer galactus um there's mole man my pitch bring in mole man just, just trust me guys it could be fun um just fantastic four I trust them to get it right. I still have a lot of question marks about if John Watts is the right person for this. But maybe Kevin Feige sees the restrictions that John Watts was able to work through that Sony was imposing on him. We don't know the full situation of what is John Watts' decision and what is Sony's decision. So maybe Kevin Feige is like, hey, you've made the best out of what you were given. Let's see what you can do with no restrictions whatsoever. So maybe, maybe that's what's happening here.
1: Yeah, the 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 Fantastic Four like the the possibilities again what they what they bring to the table if you kind of play the long game, very easily um could, could introduce you know Galactus and maybe by that time we the audience will be ready for a, another universe scale like team up, hey let's get all the band back together again type of Avengers movie, uh because you're right like Endgame we need some cooling off periods and. To tell a more intimate story with Fantastic Four and not like their big go-to villains, like like you said, like your your pitch around Mole Man, like it just makes it, it's brilliant. It's brilliant from top to bottom, Nathan. I gotta give you credit for it, man. Your, thank you, sir. I get your best vi- best video you've ever done. Oh, well, thank you, uh, sir. Well, also uh, yeah.
0: to set me up sometime in 2021, if you think my Fantastic Four one is good, I have a fully fleshed out, already typed out. That I have had since before COVID hit actually. Um, Nightwing story pitch. So if you like my Fantastic Four one. I don't actually emotionally care about Fantastic Four as much as a lot of other characters. Nightwing is my all time favorite character. If you want that story pitch to happen. It'll happen sometime in the next year. Just keep bugging me. keep, Keep wanting to see it happen. And it'll come out sometime next year because I'm just waiting for that one because that will probably be my biggest and best video I've ever done because of how much time I've already put into it and how excited I like I've told the story already to Heather of what the night what my nightwing story would be and she's like yes because it what what's going to happen no one's doing a nightwing movie anytime soon but I I'm, I'm really proud of how it turned out so be on to look up for that sometime next year cuz I I liked our fantastic four videos uh they just took forever to make so I don't do them often uh, at some point, I want to do a Man of Steel two story pitch, like the Fantastic Four one, uh, but the Nightwing one that'll come out sometime next year. That's gonna, that's going to be a biggie.
1: Um, as a whole, what do you think of this event, Michael? Uh, it's a success, hundred uh, uh, percent. For me, I just getting the highlights, like the fact that you're getting a Rose Squadron movie, awesome. The the Secret Invasion, by the way, the Secret Invasion. I love the the actual. Like font, it looks like a 1980s like video game. Uh, I absolutely love it. Like it's kind of like a little bit of a callback there. Uh, I I really really appreciate that. And then the alien announcement would just blew me away. Like I knew all the rest of this was coming. Like I and, and up to a point, right? We knew we were getting some Star Wars news. So there was no expectation uh, to for for Disney to throw any weight behind Alien. I thought they were gonna wait, you know, a couple more years at least because of how bad Alien Covenant was. But uh, either way, top to bottom printing money again they, they show you that they're investing in, in a lot of diversity. That, that's the other cool thing too is that what gets lost is that they're premiering shows uh, and giving storytellers an, uh, an ability to tell their own stories uh, across the world. And I think that's really cool. It's actually bringing it's bringing the story place into the 21st century. And the rest of us in other marketplaces have, you know, we we've already been living in this diverse world, but now that we're getting sourced content from that those creators in those in those particular areas of the world, so it's not like some person trying to write as that another person. Uh, I think it's very exciting. Uh, Disney owned that, uh, and once again, uh, if you're a shareholder, you're really really happy, and they're just showing you what a massive. You know, powerhouse that is Disney, uh, what they can do when they still believe in this mission is to put out you know quality content. And you know, they obviously they're gonna miss on some things and, and hit on others. But for what we came and what we wanted to see, uh, you know, they they came and they conquered. And what more could you really ask for? I mean, the only thing that's bad is that some of this content's three years away. That's the only, that's mm. the only issue I see.
0: Yeah, I thought this event was spectacular. If only this like dominance and wanting to please the fans extended to the theme parks but that's a talk for another podcast um so what do you guys think of this investors meeting what uh what big news or headlines that came out of this event really grabbed your attention or some projects you're either really looking forward to or really against let us know in the comments below was like hearing from you guys And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. It's where you can find all the podcast episodes, but also the rest of our pitch videos like uh, the Fantastic Four, How I Would Have Done, Star Wars Episode 8, and Episode 9. um, All kinds of different stuff. So be sure you're subscribed there, too. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.